This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Well, more than 50 years after the Beatles broke up, John, Paul, George, and Ringo are back together, reunited for one final track that was released today. This, uh, the song, which you're hearing titled Now and Then, was played on BBC Radio at 7 a.m. and simultaneously released on streaming platforms with the help of digital technology. It uh, features both John Lennon, who was shot dead in 1980, and George Harrison, who died from lung cancer in 2001, with new contributions from Paul McCartney, who was 81, and Ringo Starr, who was 83. The song will be the final music release, possibly uh, the most influential, by the most influential and best-selling musical group of the 20th century. Joining me now to talk a little bit about today's release is our Jerry Mayer Judson. Good afternoon. Well, good afternoon, Jazz. What an interesting day. It is very much an interesting day. Uh, it's interesting, uh, first of all, what I've just said in regards to what the, mm-hmm. the Beatles have done, on top of, of course, uh, Taylor Swift coming uh, to Vancouver. It's been announced, so we'll talk about that at 5.30, but it, in many ways, it bookends uh, sort of the music industry from then and now. But it's interesting with this technology, what they've done with this new release. Absolutely. It was very, very cool. Kind of courtesy of Get Back, that uh, big documentary with um, Peter Jackson. That's the most, like, yeah. Lord of the Rings. Um, stunning documentary. And uh, through technology developed for that to restore all of that sound and all of those songs, we now have the technology to, along with um, recording some new bits, Paul did George Harrison's slide guitar bit. It was very cool, very nice. I enjoyed the song, but don't take my word for it because I spoke with Ginger Sidlarova. She is a Burnaby artist, and you know what? I'm just going to let her tell it. Well, I always love to start with one thing, if I may. My name is Ginger Sedlarova, and I'm a Beatle maniac. I love so, it. So, yeah, I mean, it, it was pretty cool to hear. Like, I was, you know, I was up at five and all excited, of course. Um, I think Peter Jackson's done an absolutely sad job making it sound like John and Paul are singing it together in the same room, in the same mic. It's definitely better than the last two so-called new Beatles songs from 95, uh, Real Love and Free as a Bird. And this is weird for me to say because, I mean, I love their music like, like nothing else in this world, right? But it's now bookended by two songs that I consider at this point. I mean, who knows, maybe it'll grow on me. I kind of doubt that. But I consider the two songs at either end of their uh, recording careers now like some of their weaker work. Today's um, okay. Now and Then and their first release, Love Me Do, which I have never been a huge fan of. Me either. But I, <laughs> <laughs> let's see, what else? Um, well, the, I really like those kind of playful nods to previous Beatles songs. Like they use the background vocals taken from Eleanor Rigby, Here, There and Everywhere, and Because, and the section where you can hear them using the Because background vocals just gave me shivers. It's, I kept listening to that part over and over because it's, it's so beautiful and it's so beautifully integrated. I was thinking before, you know, I remember vividly where I was when I first heard so many of my very favorite Beatles songs. And I know I'm going to also remember where I was when I first heard Now and Then, but not because it's like so damn good, but because it's a significant moment in the history of the world's greatest band, which is kind of damning with very faint praise. If you had to give it an out of 10 for you personally. That hurts. That hurts. This is, I, I am so going to get smacked around for this, but it's a four. 
That's fair. Especially you're holding it up against, I mean, if you're comparing like to like, they have an insane catalog with so much good stuff in it. That's the thing. I mean, yeah. it just, I mean, it's, it's wonderful. I mean, hearing John again, my God, it's so great. I'm so happy about that. There's many things that I'm so happy about with this, but I just don't think it was a song to end a, a, an amazing, amazing career on. Uh, I, I really would have liked something more high energy. I, this is not a song that I'm going to turn on like I do with my other like albums or favorite Beatles playlist and just sit in my studio, sit in the room and just blast it and scream along with them, right? I'm, yeah. It's not that kind of song. It's not John's best work, and I bet you, I'm, I'm sure John would have loved that they're doing this. I am positive of that, but I do think that this is not his best work. Uh, I think Ginger's assessment is bang on. I think so, too. Uh, listening to it, I was just looking at uh, NPR, National Public Radio out of the U.S., uh, and their assessment is, quote, there's not a whole lot to now and then, lyrically speaking, other than generalized appreciation, nostalgia, and deep wistfulness. Yeah, which totally, I mean, and that sort of captures the maybe reason behind why they would have put to, went back and put the song together was it, it is a feel-good sort of nostalgic little tune. I wasn't expecting it to be so Beatles-y because I've heard Paul McCartney do songs for other things. The last thing I think I heard Paul McCartney do, he did a song for a video game called Destiny 2. And really? It was very big and it was very grand. Yeah, yeah, but it was just Paul. It wasn't Beatles. So this was a lot more Beatlesy than I anticipated, which was kind of cool because I got to hear it with modern sort of sonic technology. That sounded very interesting. But yeah, maybe maybe a little bit lukewarm. The fact that they, it was on a cassette tape and they can actually yeah. remaster it in some way with yeah. technology, it's pretty amazing. What I find interesting is with technology today where it's at, what can artists do before they pass away? where they can go on for 5, 10, 15 years after. Oh my goodness. I mean, you look at what we had with Michael Jackson and Escape and all of the ways that we've sampled Michael Jackson. There's a Drake song that samples Michael Jackson from a, a thing he did with Paul Anka in 1970-something. Mm -hmm. So we're still taking bits and we're reusing them all the time posthumously and it's only getting more interesting because now we have all four Beatles together even though we only had half of them in the studio. It's so interesting. W weren't they using uh, uh, Tupac's image and he was singing one of his songs at a concert oh, once as well? Way back, yeah. Was it in Coachella? And it that was. must have been five or six years ago. Yes. Now, could more you imagine now, 10 years from now what the technology is going to be like and how, how what they can do with it? So, you know, in many cases, a lot of these artists that we admire today could live uh, post, post 10, 15 years later. Oh, right? yeah. And, and so it, it is. But I'm, I was just amazed at the technical quality. Me too. It was right? very cool. I hope they do that for us, Jazz. I hope they play this show <laughs> episode after episode posthumously after we're gone. I hope so. Jazz in the annals Joel, of history. Jazz Joel's gone, but you're, you're 10 more the best of the Jazz Yes. Joel that's what we can hope for. <laughs> Thank you, Jerry. Thank you. That's our Jerry Mirror Judson.